0: I do not see how a situation where Raj is going to be managing Ireland before Paulie. Paul's next. In my eyes, what's coming down the line, I would suggest that Raj might have to hold on.
1: Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.
0: Football on Off The Ball.
1: With Sky.
2: All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT
0: Sport and Premier Sports. Andrew, welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you 3 to 5. This is Football Saturday all the way until then. Remember, football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Don't miss the final round of the Premier League on Super Sunday live only on Sky Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball. You can listen across the country on your radio and news Talk. Hope you're enjoying the sun. And also watch us in the Off The Ball digital and social channels for Twitter at Off The Ball, YouTube and on Facebook. We'll also podcast a show on the Off The Ball section of the Go Loud Network. It's also available wherever you get your pods. If you ever miss the live broadcast, check it out. We we'll have a lot of people uh, who listen in on the pod section as well. So we really appreciate that. We're joined in studio by Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward. How are you both? Good. Yeah, good. And on the line by David Connolly, the former Republic of Ireland striker. David, how are you? Good afternoon. Yeah, I
1: hope you're well, everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, big one for you today. We'll talk about it a bit. Luton Town versus Coventry in the uh, Championship playoff. In terms of, I know you've seen a lot of Luton this season, uh, David. But uh, we're going to start with a bit of a serious story, I suppose, and 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 discuss it at the beginning because it was disgusting chanting aimed at the Shamrock Rovers manager Stephen Bradley, abusing his son by a small group of people outside of Turner's Cross after the League of Ireland game between Cork City and Shamrock Rovers last night. As uh, Stephen's son Josh has been suffering from leukemia, so Cork City have issued a statement. Cork City FC wish to unreservedly condemn the actions of a handful of individuals who directed disgusting abuse of Shamrock Rovers manager Stephen Bradley from outside the stadium shortly after tonight's match. The club will work with all relevant authorities to identify those involved and take the appropriate action against those involved on behalf of the club. We wish to apologise to Mr. Bradley for the actions of these individuals and Stephen, as you know, obviously said he was um, disgusted by what happened. Dan, it's uh, it's just it's just so nasty it's just it's terrible really that we even have to kind of like address this at the top of a football show you know
2: yeah like it's it's sort of unimaginable really Um, because I was at Pats on last night and um, you know the statement came through from Cork really quickly like, you know, it's sort of when you know the way like, with these things, sometimes there's an uproar and it takes a bit of time for it to filter out. But the fact that Cork got the statement out so quickly, and I sort of actually, you nearly know, the applaud went away for doing that. You know, there were several of the
0: them they, as well, they, today they, they, as well.
2: Were, they were so ahead of it. Um, you know, rather than, you know, it was clearly, clearly very clear cut. And Stephen Bradley's comments were were, were very strong and obviously laced with sort of um, emotion very naturally because I think everyone in, in Irish football has been. Um, I don't know. Caught up is maybe the wrong word, but you know, I sort of can can really has really been struck by the story of Josh. You know, he lifted the trophy last year, and you know, in a weird way, um, you know, we're we're used to like in football, this can happen. Okay, this can happen around football. It's people, you know, make chants about you know personal things related to people. But actually, this didn't happen at all with the Josh thing last year. You know, all throughout the season, and I sort of felt it was almost like you know there's a line that you don't cross there. And you know, some some fierce rivals of of Rovers, you know, and, and yet, like everyone handled it really well, you know, and and like so it's a it's a little bit shocking that. You know, well, I don't know, like sort of eight, nine months later, these sort of morons just picked their moment. Now, I see this morning there's a follow up statement that these people weren't technically in the ground. There's a there's a sort of a pub that overlooks a corner of the ground. And I think that that pub is as the corner flag has um, seems to. Reading the reports today on our own website and other places, they seem to feel like they've identified the culprits. I'm guessing, you know, being a premises, you know, you'd have some kind of CCTV or some kind of, uh, you know, you'd know, I suppose, what customers are there and other people there must know. The other people there must know, and that's what I would have been thinking if if that hadn't, if we weren't if we weren't sure at this stage who was responsible for. it, You'd be calling out the people to call that out, but it would appear that they 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 seem to be confident enough, and and I mean all we can do is condemn it. You know, all we can do is condemn it. Like it's, it's,
0: it's, it's. you're just dealing with the, someone, you know, said to me, it's just the lowest of the low. It is, yeah. It's really nasty stuff. And it's one of the biggest issues in society, I feel at the moment, like ugly behavior, nastiness. And I think as a country, we all need to call it out. Dermot Usher, the owner of Cork, was uh, going on social media today. He was too annoyed to comment last night. There are people... Uh, these people are not Cork City fans. This type of behaviour is no place in society. This is not a true reflection of what Cork City FC and the people are. Lifetime bans be handed out to anyone connected with this. As you say, it's a line you just don't cross.
2: No, like it's. I mean, do you know, like you just. I can't. I, I can't comprehend the uh, the range of the emotions that the Bradley family have gone through in the last year, and, and it's something he's spoken about consistently. And I would say, and I don't know, I haven't spoken to Stephen Bradley about this, but like. I would say it this is just almost unexpected you know just in the in, in just you know I am not saying you ever expect this but like you think when the news happens or someone someone will just cross that line then but it's it's so it's so long down the road and and I, I you know you're trying to move on and and yeah like you know Josh is obviously old enough to you know like he's been like the football community in Ireland has sort of wrapped their arms around him you know and as i said like lifted the trophy was at a couple of the award centers last year it's been fantastic and you don't want that to be sort of sullied as well by like the actions of a couple of idiots as well you know and, and that's the thing like you're always uncomfortable that there is also like you know a sort of a person behind the headlines too and naturally like receiver Bradley spoke about it right so he was you know obviously wanted this to be raised and wanted this to be put out there and, and that's the natural reaction but like you know and you have to discuss it but you also have to think oh you know this is not just not what anyone needs you know no. like for this to sort of um, to spin out to become a thing but you just have to hope that like whatever way this pans out from here um, that the, the authorities find the people responsible and yeah do do what they can you know as I said like, you know we're used to you talk about society now like a lot of this is like the stuff that people will say online is like off the charts you know and yeah. have like and that's maybe why we're even just more shocked that it's something that happened in your face it's like the type of cowardly thing and it's cowardly anyway but it's the type of thing that you we're used to like you know people anonymously just saying things which are ridiculous so this type of thing you know after a match to someone's face I just can't get my head around it actually when it came through as a a story you know And, and like it had been you know like Cork had, had won the game, you know, like it had been a sort of a like a I suppose a a, a great night of football in a weird way, like not for Sham Grovers they had three players sent off. It was a crazy night. But you know, Cork City have had a big win, I think over whatever, like four four a bit thousand people there all going home happy. That was the mood actually from chatting the couple of people, you know, sort of affiliated to Cork. It was like they're not actually buzzing, they've beaten rovers. You know, what is the mindset that like drives you to that place? Um an ignorant that, Yeah, like it. not that it's justifiable in any context, but you know, sometimes people lash out when they're, when they're sort of disappointed, you know, or, or like when they're in when they're being enraged or antagonized in some way, and that's not excusing this in any way. In any way, don't. I'm not trying to yeah. re- represent that. But the fact that like this is something that would come to your mind to do, your team has has won. Um, you're, it's just you're just dealing with like yeah dealing with the worst of the
0: worst yeah 53106 uh, is our text number um, well you got a text in from Jared and Cork Cork City fan here disgusted by what happened uh, yeah so that's what happened last night and obviously we'll, we'll talk about football now um, Johnny it's uh, uh, good to see the under 17s in a European quarter final against Spain whatever happens I think it's been a successful
3: tournament already hasn't it oh yeah like in, ju- just on that very briefly JD my, just, my thoughts are with Josh and his family because it'd be very hard for them not to be made aware of this Um, And Josh's battle, like uh, what he's going through for a kid to go through that, I have no words. It's sad, I think, just to kind of extrapolate a bit on what Dan is saying there. It's sad that we'll probably spend more time talking about these idiots than um, by today's show than the amount of people who rallied around um, the Bradley family um, because um, that's what, you know, I got a lift home from Lee Stacy from the Cove goalkeeper from a game um recently and he was telling me that he he was he's growing his hair long and he wants to um get his hair so long that you can use it um down the line somebody can use it as a kind of a hair replacement that has cancer and he said one of the reasons that he was so he had a family bereavement but also is the Josh Bradley thing really struck with him and um I think if Stephen Bradley were on the show today he would really attest to the love that he's gotten fr- from across the community um, in the League of Ireland I presume these people were drinking possibly on drugs I don't know how anyone in no, their we don't right know that, mind yes. we yeah. don't know that well I probably I well hope they were because I, d- I don't know how anyone in the right mind could think could even this could come e- into their head um, and I've some sympathy for Cork City as well because that could be any club really you know you, you can't legislate for this sort of nonsense um, and I'm in one respect the fact that this was brought up because you get a lot of unsavoury chance and I, I was a bit worried coming out of COVID that if you remember There was some unsavoury incidents happening in football grounds in Britain where I think people had been kind of locked up for so long that they were basically losing themselves a bit in in grounds. And there were, you know, a lot of kind of anecdotes about people um, doing stuff that they should not at football grounds. There was a bit of kind of tension there and didn't really creep into the League of Ireland. And it's been a brilliant season, so I hope it's not kind of sullied by this. But, uh, yeah, my thoughts were just with with, um, Stephen and um, the family. On the under-17s, which is great to talk about... um, it's just fantastic JD you know the the style of play um the fact that they were funny enough to bring in Stephen Bradley it was after they lost the first game to Poland he said like let's not overreact to one result here and let's he would have said the same thing after the last two games let's not overreact to a tournament because we have wider issues at play here but Colin O'Brien who's a ex Cork City legend as well um he's done a great job and I think there's been real stability in the underage um kind of management teams in Ireland for some time now and it was kind of Dan had no more than me but I, I don't think it was taken that seriously for a long time particularly the under 21s whereas now like there seems to be a, a proper kind of um, togetherness among them and he spoke about um, knowledge being power afterwards in terms of the coaching credentials of the people in Ireland and the standard of football Um you know, and the the two lads from Pats with the two goals, Kerr and Amelia, um, you know, how proud for their families, but how proud for Pats as well. And, you know, to we're looking forward now to watching Ireland and Spain uh, under 17s at 7 o'clock and thinking that Ireland be well up to these lads technically in many areas. And Dan wrote a piece about, you know, that we're light years away from um, the likes of Spain and the likes of other countries in terms of our structures and all that. But I think it's another thing that will lead to government kind of the need for us to get this right because we by, by the proxy of Brexit we kind of have to look after these kids in this country? Yeah, most
0: of these uh, players are...
3: Uh, 18 out of 18
2: a 20 um, yeah, play at home here. A
0: Crystal Palace player, I think.
3: Yeah, there's two.
2: The two guys who aren't um, are not born in the country. You know, there's there's sort of eligibility rules. So uh, the other 18 are. And yeah, there's one, I mean, I think, you know, Matthew Murph from Cork is joining Hoffenheim in the summer. You Even know, like... Uh, um, a, few of them are, a few of them will go the European route. But generally, sorry to quote, like generally these players are reliant on structures here. To continue their development now between the ages of like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and some of them are on the Shamrock Rovers transition year course. You know the, the full time course in Roadstone, which is which is good. It's the best we probably have, um, but it's still like it's it's still not you know it's not at the standard you would get if you went to Brighton or something like that. And we have to be honest about that. Um, but yeah, there's a real onus on on football to. to to look after these players now and give them the best chance. And not just them, but also the players in their generation and the ones around them, because it's not just about, say, you know, twenty players in a generation. There's, there could be, there could be two hundred in that generation. You know, knocking around, it. and, uh, you know what, what, what do we have for them? Because naturally, you know, some will peak early, some will will develop later, and, and there's a lot wrong with our structures here. That even, yet yes, it's true that like the outstanding players will go into League of Ireland first team setups and train with men, and and like some of them, Mason Media. Um, you know already played for Pats before he went out here and he's meant to be an exceptional talent um, but clearly there'll be you know you think of players like Seamus Coleman think of players like Kevin Doyle but Seamus Coleman didn't play for Ireland on 21 level so um, there's a there's a lot there's a lot sort of going on and we have to make sure that we provide the best environment for these players
0: uh, David Connolly um, England won this a few years ago the under 17s and you see players like I remember Tony Kroos, I think played in this tournament and I think Fernando Torres and uh I think Phil Foden was a lot involved in a lot of these underage teams. So these these tournaments matter. You know, they matter for the future, and it's great to see us doing well at a at a at a European yeah. Championship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been following it on online. I guess like a lot of people, um, um, you know, I also know like uh, Marie Crow, who I who I often do stuff with uh, on radio. You know, her lad came over. I think with Shamrock Rovers under-14s, and and they won a tournament at Arsenal. You know, so it, it's it's you know it's obviously um, everything's heading in the right direction, which is which is really good news. And look, it's going to be a difficult game because Spain, as we all know, you know, whatever 50 odd million people, they've got that in their favour. The, the the talent pool is obviously a lot bigger. But in a one-off game, who knows, you know? But it's been it's been great to follow, really pleasing, and um, um you know, I guess, a spot at a World Cup would, would is the real kind of cherry on top, really. That's I think that would be something else.
2: Yeah, it's funny yeah, just, sorry, just saying that, like. Um thinking like there's the, you know, a lot of talk about Mason Melia so I was doing a piece on Mason Melia this week and I spoke to his uncle Clive Clark who I think David would have been at, at Sunderland yeah. and yeah. Clive Clark people remember um, had the the near death experience you know he, he collapsed at half time in, in, in the dressing room while playing for Leicester um, against I well, think in Nottingham Forest in a cup match and he was at Sunderland that was when Roy Keane had that sort of I'm surprised he had a heartline, you know this was Roy Keane and his sort of his dark sort of quotes in a you know press conferences era but I, I spoke to Clive Clark I knew Mason Media was his nephew but I hadn't pieced it together that, uh, that Clive Clark's sister was heavily pregnant with Mason at the time that all this happened so like you have this situation where uh, Clive Clark's career was ended by his cardiac arrest in the dressing room um, and at the time you can imagine for his family all the stress and his sister is, is like 8 months pregnant you hear your brother has nearly died um, and then a couple of weeks later Mason Melia is born on the 22nd of the s- there's September there's something
0: almost in the stars but there, there is there is, there's there is something, something and,
2: Like, Clive start. spoke about it. he was like it's almost yeah. like a weird kind of fate that like as his football chapter ended you know and then Mason has come along and um, but that wasn't really the point I was trying to get at like you know Mason Melia is um, he's also you know, a year a year he's, older, he's a year he? young but he's the, he's the youngest ever player to play for St Patrick's Athletic which mm. is obviously an achievement but the Spain team tonight has uh, Lamine Yamal the youngest ever player to play for Barcelona <laughs> who at the age of 15 played for Barcelona last month so I mean Mason Melia huge achievement to play for Pats at that age but you're, <laughs> you're up against Spain who have a 15 year old playing for Barcelona and, and that actually is part of a, probably reflective of trend in football generally that clubs are trying players younger for whatever reason like you see I mean people remember Wayne Rooney coming along at 16 um, but a lot of these records now for like youngest players are, are, younger. Being, are being challenged and um, like the Ireland have a very young squad at this tournament but Spain for all the, the 50 million population or whatever they have, the incredible budgets, they're still chucking in a 15-year-old too who's able to play for Barcelona now. So that shows what you're competing against. And you've different. I mean, like, just,
1: uh, yeah, go uh, ahead. Just the, well, I was just going to say just on that, the, the, the reason why I think it, it doesn't matter, what, well, whatever happens today will, will be, but I think Spain is a great, I think as Collins talked about, you know, in terms of, if, if you look at how Spain have gone about their, um, their youth their talent pool of youth and how they use them, how they use them, is like the example to the world. So a lot of their lads, when when they were, you know, say 2008, 2010, 2012, those those younger age lads who were coming through, who then played for the 21s, played in the senior side, came back to the 21s, won yeah. like world and one everything with the 21s then stepped back up to the senior side. Now with Ireland, obviously that. I don't know whether that would necessarily happen, but uh, like it's it's a kind of cultural thing because you know just because you've now progressed past that twenty-one. So my point being, I think Spain treat the, the the younger age groups with the utmost respect to get the most out of those players, and 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 then they then use them to come back and enhance those those uh, age groups, even even if they are beyond that. You know, Dahia came back down. One matter, came back mm. down to the top. And they went and won tournaments. And and culturally, you want these lads to not think, right, I want to jump to the senior squad and then I've left them behind or the 21s behind. Because you want it to be, a, a, it, it's an in, inbuilt kind of culture that you want to go and win things and you want to drop back. You want to help those younger age groups if you can still play for them. Because traditionally Ireland, like, you know, you mentioned Seamus Colwyn might not play younger age groups, 21s. It was lads like myself didn't play younger age groups, went straight to the senior squad, you know and and bypassing that because the needs was the senior side, right the need was the senior side but i think I think it would be it'd be really good if some of these lads do go on and progress and 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 they go to the seniors and we've had this before with other players you know but but they do let's take some things from countries like spain and 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 still use them lower down like it, in a few years' time they're probably. Look, these lads. You can't get ahead of yourself. These lads. Some of these lads might not play for Ireland 21s. They might not play for Ireland senior squad. We don't know what their careers may be. So let them enjoy this. But if they do progress, then let's take something from how Spain do, like, does things. And you know, and not just think right. We're the seniors now. Let's not use them. I know Stephen. That we've had a lot of that with with Stephen as well, as 21 manager and as senior senior manager as well. But I think that's important.
0: Just to maybe talk to us maybe about some of the players from a multicultural background that we haven't in, seen in this uh, under seventeen. Yeah, I mean that's the well, thing. Only after is a baller. Yeah, well I I but mean Alfred there's
2: Kidd. yeah, I mean the, this is it. The whole like the profile of the team does reflect the New Ireland. Um I mean you've got Najrazi, um, who's the the playmaker the number ten, Aika uh, Ika Orazzi. Um. Also, Shamrock Rovers. He's he's one of the fifteen-year-olds like me at the left side. Um. As you mentioned, yeah. In in other positions as well. And uh, the Nixon Sonoka son, even from Bose, who's the the, the backup for for Luke for uh, sorry for Mason Melia. Um. Yeah, there is like um. Yeah, you look at the the profile of our team now, and it, it does reflect the changing profile of Ireland. This point has been made. I mean, like you do have um. We have some of our some fine patriots marching the streets. You know, talking about their views on you know, Ireland being full and all this um, all this rubbish really. And, you know, you, you see like one of football's great strengths, you know, as a sport being the global sport. It's a sort of a universal language, you know, and it's a we do have uh, across our underage teams, you know, we have players from all sorts of um Back when I mean, we see it at the senior level as well, too. Like, we have a sort of a heavy Nigerian influence, yeah. Chido Zigbeni was
0: at Turners cross, yeah. And, and like, yeah. we have
2: you know, um, but but drop down, and we have sort of you know, sort of Eastern European origin as well, Albanian you know, Kevin <coughs> Zeffi, who's at Inter Milan, and you know, Justin Farazay, Sean McRovers. And this is it, yeah. It's, it's a it's a completely changing profile. And and I'm not saying this is strictly related because you're you're going into like um, yeah, sweeping generalization, yeah, you are. You are but, yeah. Well, you don't know what I'm going to say, yeah. but uh, what, what, you what, you what,
0: gonna what am I going to say? Well, I'm just going your mind. For many
2: years. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm now tempted <laughs> to say something completely different just to throw you. Um, say the exact opposite of you, what
3: you're going to say. No, actually. but
2: just speaking to people about this, speaking to people this week in underage football, they would say that we actually have, we're producing a different type of player. That, like, that we now have a lot of attacking talent mm. we actually we, we don't at the moment like and in fact a couple of the players sort of the eligibility rules are defenders that maybe there's a, maybe in some of the underage groups there's a shortage of like outstanding sort of centre halves the old school type of Irish centre half we would speak of now in fairness at senior level we do have Collins Omobo Badele, Darryl Shea who are going to be around for a long time you know and there's others as well um, but uh, like this, if you're from watching the 17s this week um, like their attacking play is Credible. Like they've scored in the first five to ten minutes of every game, I think. Um, you know, and, and actually like there's attack and talent there. One of the most exciting players of all has missed the tournament who's Trent coney Doherty? who's mm. at Liverpool, came from Derry City. The reason he's at Liverpool is because um basically the side of the border he grew up on, um he was able to move at sixteen. Unlike the others, but he's a very exciting talent, you know. So, like you're talking about a couple of wingers, a striker, um, you know, a playmaker, and there's actually a real um, heavy sort of the top heavy element of attack and talent which is great and I think as um, well Dan
3: the, I think the success of this team is a success for every sort of um, everyone who's worked across this level in Ireland with the underage teams and in the League of Ireland and so on to um, often in difficult circumstances you know mainly volunteers to, to try and get them to play a style of football and if you watch underage in League of Ireland now anecdotally if if your team isn't playing sort of out from the back like it's kind of frowned upon and it has become a thing and just to mention the clubs that um, are represented Pat's, Sharmacrover's, Bows, Pats, Pats, Cork City, Cork City, Pats, Shamrock Rovers, Walford, Bows, Shamrock Rovers, Wexford, Shamrock Rovers, Shamrock Rovers, UCD, Bows, Walford, and I just I did speak to Graham Gartland after the last time he was on here, and one of the challenges here, and it's kind of uh, sort of what David is saying there, that Pats will change, and like when when they had Shamrock Rovers players that were going to the Under Fifteen Ireland team there were necessarily quite a, a, a large minority of Shamrock Rovers players who felt that they were probably good enough, didn't get the call and to deal with the disappointment because as Dan will tell you, like all these kids now will have agents, you know they'll have people looking at them, they'll have parents, they'll have the pressure of being on live TV and there will be a lot of disappointments as well. There'll be injuries, there'll be like loss of form. We saw even with young um, Ben Curtis this yeah. week, there, there can be mental challenges as well. Ben would be Sam's brother. Sam has been um, one of the youngest players ever to play um, for Pats as well prior to uh, mason but but i think th- there's a real kind of um need to look after the the individuals involved that are going to have setbacks cuz say today they might get hockey by spain for example but it's more than that it's more that they're not going to as david says most of these players are not going to play for the senior team and it's managing the expectations managing agents managing uh, managers and and all of that's really important i think
1: yeah and just one last just,
2: thing uh, sorry david
3: uh, yeah.
1: well i was just going to say that the, the the other the just qu- quick thing that i have to do right is harness all this uh, good publicity and 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 bring it and not be exclusive just to back home, right? Because say 18 out of 20 are from League of Ireland. I think I've told you this before, but I've got a lad who's, who's in an academy in England, right? Mm. I got a notification from the Welsh FA. Yeah, and he's 12. <laughs> now, my point being, Ireland should still be absolutely casting their net, irrespective of how they do in this under-17. Very good point, David. To get anyone and use it and go, right, here we go, this is how we've done. And you cast your net wide. You know, why Wales getting in contact with, you know, uh, a professional club in England and being able to get that uh, form through to parents going, have you got any Welsh heritage? Now, what Ireland should be doing is exactly the same, you know, getting it out there all over, casting to every professional club in England, right, from under 12s. Who have you got who's got any Irish heritage? So you, you 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 piggyback on the back of this goodwill and you don't just confine it to like now and the League of Ireland and the 18, the 20 there. You cast it wide and you go, right, bang, here we are. We've reached this stage uh, with our kids. You want it, who's who's around? What, what, you know, let's 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 get that net cast it cast it really wide, and we gather that full in. It doesn't mean you have to use them, but I I think, it, yeah, sometimes you can just rest on on this, thinking right, this is it. We're good enough. We're, we're you know we're we're content with how we're doing. We'll just focus on on this, and I think you've got to you've got to harness that. Yeah, I, I'd be, su- that but
2: I'd be surprised if they're. I, I think yeah. they're still they still are doing that to a degree. You do see with some of these. You see to a
3: degree though. I know.
2: I know. I think they are. I think. I think you see the the 16, 17s, 19s. You do see players getting dropped in. You know mm-hmm. that are sort of new names at various times like they they obviously had like you know people like mark O'Toole to- working mm-hmm. for the FBI you know who found Declan Rice amongst others i I still think that they are looking i 'm not sure if they 're doing it as directly though as was was what David says with that Welsh example but the, the one thing I was going to say I mean you look at the other nations there in the last day i 'm not going to list them all, but you know Germany are there Switzerland poland England france I think france France are there all, well, I just did yeah, I just realized hey. i couldn 't remember the others I think Switzerland. Ireland have no right to be there. Like this is a very important point. Like our infrastructure, still that we offer in this country, is disgraceful. Right, like you know, it's it's um, and people have sat here and talked about funding it. Um, and like, I, I've sort of made the point around this that, yeah, sometimes football just looks like it's begging all the time, but like you look at other countries and they do actually, it's not unusual for and as you wait for release, the report last week that looked at this, like I, I made reference to it yesterday, you know, like similar sized countries to Ireland, their youth budget, like you know, be 15, 20, 25 percent. Some of it could come from like state funds, you know, state funding because there's actually a, a benefit to this, it's not just about making your teams good it's about you know health benefits about looking after you know the the, the well-being of young footballers providing sport which is a, can be a great function for people um and the other element of resting on our laurels is and i think people are concerned about this in a way the team does well and then you tend to think that everything is okay here too you know it's almost taken for granted that yeah the coaches are doing very well um, you know the, the underage coaches with FEO are doing well the, the, the people at the clubs the schoolboy clubs who've met these players everything's fine everything's not fine like they're, they're actually they're exceeding reasonable expectation um, and they're making the case for, for a more sustained level of investment and we've spoken a lot recently about racing and the betting tax and all of that stuff like the point will be made um, by the government in support of racing that well we are competing with other jurisdictions that receive like large levels of state funding but that exists in football too and I think the under 17s it's timely for them to make the case because uh, there's a great buzz for everyone talking about this and everyone likes the next big thing um, but we're still relying on a lot of fortune and a lot of you know, brilliance of individuals who are you know, volunteer coaches. I don't think it's you know, fortune dance. No, no. Has, sorry, I'm, okay. for,
3: I'm not saying it's fortune, yeah. but I'm just I, saying I, I that it's, like it's people comp- it's not a performing, performing way, way beyond the it's not, the not a guaranteed bra- production. Line. people be performing way beyond what they should be performing because of their own hard work and their own qualities. Um, rather than, I think we probably have a very we have a football obsessed country as well. Regardless of every other sport, football is a sport that most kids want to play. Um, and you mentioned the sons of and daughters of immigrants. Generally, they're gonna by and large uh, want to play football over anything else. This is a massive boon for football um, but as Dan says you know we've had I think a couple of months now a fairly sustained um, not propaganda but a narrative of we're not looking after football in this country and I do think government is finally finally waking up to this and this will wake them up even more. Okay, you just got to go to a break here. Uh, Dortmund are throwing
0: this away in the Bundesliga. <laughs> I can't believe this. Like it's a 10 years of Bayern Munich titles. Dortmund just need to win today against Mainz. They're 2-0 down at mm. home. And Munich are leading uh, against Cologne as well. So, yeah, um, it's uh, 2001 all over again with um, Schalke, it seems. You want some Cologne today in that heat, JD? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, I only wear it sometimes. Uh, Cologne <laughs> nil, Bar Munich won at half time. Um, this is a very, very funny text I'm going to get to in a moment. A serious one uh, beforehand. But, lads, was down and Turner's Cross last night. Brilliant evening weather, atmosphere, and matching parts. Buzzing, leaving the ground. To get home and see the vile abuse Stephen Bradley was objected to is utterly disgraceful. The word suitable to describe these individuals wouldn't be suitable post-watershed. Never mind now, says Mick. Another texter. Hi, JD. Listening to Football Saturday last week, I noticed Johnny Ward wasn't on the panel I thought nothing of it until later that evening when my mother, who's an avid hill walker, mentioned that Johnny Ward from Galway is summited Mount Everest. At this point, I put two and two together and got five. But a quick Google soon told me that it was the adventurer and blogger in a version of comments, Johnny Ward, not the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward. So I suppose it's safe to say Johnny the journalist is not dialing into the show from base camp this afternoon.
3: Yeah, I. There's a max power mm. central climbers.
2: Climbers talking about just some fella halfway up there talking about Evan Ferguson. <laughs> mm.
3: Shut him up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that Johnny Ward has um. Achieved a lot, fair play Yeah. Is it yeah. Johnny Ward? in am City it. as well. Yeah. Right? Oh yes, so it's Johnny Ward in City. He was in *Love Hate. Yeah. Is the character's it's, it's name is, Johnny, or is, he, is he or
0: is he the, the real actor's serial. name? No, Johnny the actor's name War. is Johnny
3: Ward. Yeah. What, and what, who does he play? But like? a few years ago his oh, dad yeah. <laughs> he, a few years ago his dad passed away like very sadly and I was getting loads of texts like commiserating like I'm really sorry about your dad from like jockeys and all I was like what do I not know here so I was really mad and I said over if I ever met the actor Johnny after a particular time had passed I would tell him about this but there you are Johnny I've told you now there we go Are,
2: are you in the top three Johnny Wards? Are, are you number three behind I'm in the, the adventure. and, and uh, the I'd put myself. I
3: put myself third anyway yeah. but I'd be in the top three of those three
0: Have you ever met another David Connolly David? <laughs>
1: Uh, No. However, <laughs> however, someone, this was years ago, right? Someone, and it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Someone impersonated me in a hotel and ran up a big bar and got kicked out and they said they were me so, <laughs> and they didn't pay, right? So I had to actually, you know, talk to the police or whatever and, and um, you know, I was like 200 miles away, but uh, yeah. Um, there
3: we go Dan McConnell is editor of the Business Post I don't know if that's ever uh, oh, used to be with the indoors consistently no we, we we, go. that, that's, that's gone that's on for years there's no McDonald's no more Dan McDonald's no even
2: but right, Dan no. McConnell this is like 20 years now of this and like we both do a little bit of radio and various appearances and like he's got you know payment meant for me and vice versa right, I okay. mean it's it's like genuinely it's been a shambles over a long period of time
0: I met a John Duggan from the United States in the pub in Dublin once so we did the John Duggan photos together
3: did you have like a Millhouse moment? I thought there was only one millhouse. Um yeah.
0: no. no. I'm going to take a break. 531-61 <laughs> <want> to text <laughs> That's, in. There's only one John Duggan. We're back, we're back after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always till five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Everton against Bournemouth as they fight to stay in the Premier League on Super Sunday Live. Only on Sky Sports. You can text us. On 53106 at the cost of thirty cents. Tweet us at Off the Ball. Listen across the country on this beautiful day. On News Talk. Also watch us if you'd like on the digital and social channels for Off the Ball for Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, and on Facebook. We also podcast a show on the Off the Ball section of the GoLad Network. It's also available wherever you get your pods. We're joined on the line by David Connolly, former Republic of Ireland Striker, played at the World Cup and uh, in studio by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward to go through the scores in sport. What's going on around the world? Um, we know that Coventry and Luton are playing at Wembley 4:45. In the Scottish Premiership, Celtic five, Aberdeen 0 A result. Hearts one, Hibernian 1 a result on Saint Mary nil. Rangers three. P. Man leads Shelburne one 0 in the Women's Premier Division to the second half at Talca Park. Uh, we also have in the Women's Super League Chelsea closing in on the title two 0 up away to Reading. It's Liverpool nil, Man United nil, Villa nil, uh, Villa one rather. Aston Villa one 0 up away to Arsenal. Brighton nil, Leicester nil. It is Manchester City nil, Everton nil, and West Ham 2, Spurs 1 and Dortmund are throwing away the Bundesliga. They're 2-0 uh, down time, to... Hmm? Give them time, JD. Give them time. 2 nil down to Mainz at home uh, with Munich leading 1-0 away to Cologne. So at the moment, Munich are champions and in the football championship round 1, Cork won 7, Lads 5 points at Park Charlton in Navan. I will give you the result of the Irish 2000 Guineas in a moment. Carlo and Offley throwing in the John McDonough Cup final at 4.45.
3: That is what's going on around the block. Just got a text in from Kevin Martin, um, who is involved with uh, NACE footballers, and he was relaying the story of how he was in a kind of a physio clinic one day, probably you know waiting to get called, and lady comes in Kevin Martin please and two people stand up at the same time he's only there with former Offaly Hurler Kevin Martin you know, uh, <laughs> so the two of them just and they probably had this kind of Millhouse moment but I mean yeah. you can only expect I mean there, are, there have to be some anecdotes where um, you've gotten into a situation where your name has gotten you in trouble and we all have fairly generic names like Duggan McDonald, Ward Connolly it's fairly standard stuff and we have fairly standard first names so I'm sure I'll have to think about it mm. you, um, you've had it you have a good story obviously yeah I'll, I'll, they I'll, fell in the I'll, pub I'll
0: ha- How do you know? How do you mention his name? Like, well, I'm one of these people. When I go sometimes to pubs, I kind of talk to everybody. Yeah, um, very weird.
2: But do you introduce yourself with your surname as well as your... John
0: Duggan. Yeah, yeah like, do you know who I am? It's, it's uh,
2: your radio voice. That's the problem. You no, just start presenting shows. No, no, it's just
0: like, because I, I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I quite like uh, speaking to people who are maybe here on holiday, uh, like Americans yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you do, actually. I, you yeah. know, I quite like like getting a story, you know, what what's, What do you plan for like the trip around Ireland and stuff and give them a few recommendations and stuff. So that's how I got taught. Sometimes I do that. And mm. If the bar, like, I'm a bar person, sit at the bar mm. and kind of you just talk to the to the random person. So no problem doing that. Yeah, so yeah. That's how the John yeah, Duggan america yeah. uh anyway uh, david Conley, what we're going to do is we're going to pick our premier league team of the season um so hopefully you might have done a bit of uh over a while yeah, as i say in ireland a bit of homework on it um who's your goalie um
1: my goalie is nick pope
0: okay nick pope
1: so um i mean i i look i i kind of pick my team based on uh Stuff I've seen live, yeah. you know, uh, a little bit of of you know telly or whatever, but mostly those those players that I think I've worked on and seen live. And yeah, I think I think Nick's done great. He had that that uh, sort of moment of madness um, when he rushed out of his goal, got sent off, missed the cup final um, that was against Liverpool. But other than that, you know, I think he's been I think he's been brilliant. And um, you know, there might be better players with better goalies with the ball at their feet and all that you know if you want to be picky but I think um, yeah it, well it's he it wasn't in England squad but it's Nick Pope for me
0: I've gone for Alisson as Klopp told um, everybody he was Liverpool's best player this season I can't put two Liverpool players in so I'm going to pick one and that is Alisson uh, who is second in terms of clean sheets behind De Gea of all people so Alisson's my goalie
2: yeah I went to Alisson but I mean I'm not it's the position I probably thought the least about I don't really have a strong view on it Um I think Nick Pope is obviously the other seems like the other yeah. contender that could be mentioned um,
0: I went for Allison.
3: who'd you go for? Allison? yeah I think he's um, been right back to his best and has been overworked
0: and your back four or if it is a back four David Connolly
1: me and my back oh you want all of them yeah okay so I'll go with um, oh, Geez, who'd you put a right back um, because I haven't selected probably my favourite right back but I've gone with Trippier yeah um, I've gone with Lewis Dunk Right, And as I said, I'm choosing lads that I've seen live and have impressed me, you know, and and based off their season. And whenever I've seen Louis Dunk, like I've seen Brighton, has been brilliant. Um, Saliba beside him uh, for the same. And then left back, a bit of a left field one. My son absolutely crucified me for this. But based on how I'm going to play, I think he's going to do very well. And it's under the radar. It's not no one would choose him, but it's Rico Henry. Brentford
0: Rico Henry
1: a, uh, let me tell you he is a fantastic player fantastic I haven't seen many people beat him he's an unfashionable club probably doesn't get recognized I know Ivan Tony's in the squad but I mean I don't think I've ever seen him below an eight out of ten and I love Andy Robertson uh, you know how uh, he would be my ideal lefty but I'm playing so attacking I need, I need someone who's, uh, who's a bit more defensive-minded, so I'm going with Rico him.
3: I think all our teams might be might be a little bit um, attacking, as it were. Yeah, I went for um, Kieran Trippier as well,
0: because he's Newcastle's player of the season. I think he's been a great leader for Newcastle in their rush to the Champions League. I went for John Stones, who's had a great season, very versatile, and I've gone for him as one of the centre-backs as has William Saliba has gone to my team as well part of Arsenal's charge to be a title challenger and they really missed him at the end of the season brilliant young talent and I went for my left back Nathan Ake was my left back because I think we haven't heard of Joe Cosello's name being mentioned I think Ake has really stepped up there so uh, Ake, Saliba, Stones and Trippier
2: yeah, I put Trippier right back. I needed to get a Newcastle player in, to be honest. Um, and Kyle Walker didn't play enough. He actually had that big, long break before the World Cup. He still is the best right back, but he didn't. If you're doing a team of the season, you have to reflect that. Saliba as well. I think the reasons you've you've, you've both put him in. I put Ruben Diaz in. I think he's just consistently yeah. had a very high bar. Um, and I put Zinchenko. Zinchenko, and, yeah. At left full. Um, I suppose Arsenal had one of the stories of the season, and he was... He's such a big player for them in that early part, but I'd like I I I, do, I I mean I've I've shoehorned a Brighton player in further up the pitch with not Evan Ferguson, um. But I do think like Brighton and Brentford, I think those stories probably should be reflected in teams of the season. You know that yeah they, yeah they are like like you look at the teams who've who've hit a high bar. You can pick like the best eleven across the season, and you know this is why you know sometimes the PFA teams, for example, you see like players would put in. Pogba at various times or they, they put in the, the player who played the best against them and certain players always get in these teams whether it's England or Ireland or Scotland or whatever but I think there's an element sometimes of Reflecting players as well who've played above themselves or had their best ever season as well, um. So I've no issues with a Brentford player being chucked in because they've been really good.
3: Johnny, who's your back for? Trippier, Stone, Saliba, and Zinchenko. Trippier, I think, has been. He was a brilliant signing. Like he wasn't all that young when you can signed him as well. Um, brilliant at set pieces. Um, I think the rest are fairly self-explanatory. Zinchenko. Um, he might be a little bit lucky to get in, but I just love him as a player. I think. Um, that back four is uh, very solid and uh, is going to do well going forward as well. I'd probably have probably have Kyle Walker ahead of uh, Trippier if he'd played more brilliant, brilliant talent. Yeah, and put in his pocket didn't he in that. James part. as well
0: if Chelsea were yeah, in the and, if, case, and, so. and if he was fit, yeah. Um, 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 David Connolly your midfield.
1: I don't, do you know? What? I didn't know about this. Only one player from from each team. So that's that's just a we, G- we, we, now, we no. never said that. That's just a we never said that. Oh no. Oh well, I mean it's not, I quite like that actually. That's okay. not a bad idea. But anyway, um as a holding midfield player, I've gone for Rodri. Yeah. Um as my as my holding midfield player. Um on the left, left wing, I've gone for Ashford. On the right wing, I've gone for Mo. Mo Salah. And then now I've got a bit of a problem <laughs> because <laughs> I'm going for a four one, four one. And I want to get Harry Kane in there but he's not going to play as a sort of 8 or a 10 but in my team he is. So I've gone for Harry Kane and Martin Odegaard. So that's my 4 1 and then 4 and all I'm left with is a striker.
0: Haaland, yeah?
1: Haaland.
2: Yeah. yeah, let's do let's do we we'll do the our other six here in one go because they are probably link, yeah, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. So is that Salah on one side, Rashford on the other, is it? Is that Yeah. That's you know, yeah. a, a hell of a team to watch. That team with uh with Kane in the hole as well. I mean, decent. Decent.
0: you will have to burn it out, Davis.
1: Yeah, because you said only no, one Man no. City player, so I just wait. Wait, No, we didn't.
0: I mean, well, oh, it's just well, a miscommunication, sorry. Oh,
1: oh, sorry. Well, no, then 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 I put in Odegaard instead of De Bruyne because I'd already had uh, Rodri as the Man City and Haaland. So, yes, obviously. Jeez, I'm not mad. De Bruyne in. Yeah, and I'd have to take Odegaard out.
0: Okay. But you wouldn't change anything else?
1: I wouldn't change anything else. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm pretty happy with that team. Yeah.
0: That is an attacking lineup. So, just David Connolly's team, Pope, Trippier, Dunk, Saliba, Rico, Henry, Rodri, Rashford, Mosala, Kane, De Bruyne, and Haaland.
2: All right, JD, give us your.
0: Um, I've gone for De Bruyne, the league's playmaker, leads and assists. Rodri, the city's clock, he's the fulcrum. Uh, Odegaard's got 15 goals this season, the Arsenal captain. And then the forward players, Mikhail Saka, who I think has been a huge part of Arsenal's charge. Um, anybody could argue for Mosala here, but he's in every season. I just think, uh, it, just in terms of the. Rhythm of the season, I think Saka would, would be the man for me, even if Salah beat some of the stats. Uh, Haaland, obviously, uh, 36 goals. And I'm going to go for my last player, Jack Grealish, because I think that he's kept Foden out of the City team, which is no mean feat. I think he's had a really good season since the World Cup and he probably deserves a bit more credit than he gets.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. I, lo- I did think about Grealish. Um, the midfield three, I went for the same as you. Uh, De Bruyne, Rodri and Odegaard, so I'm not going to repeat the reasons. Um, Salah on the right side of a three for me. Very technical here. We are doing. We are. We are imagining how this works out. I'm trying to think of you
3: out um, of the ball. Done. Sa-
2: yeah, Salah right side, um, Haaland through the middle, and I went for a little bit of a wild card in the left. I've got such buzz at watching Brighton and I know they play a different system they play like a sort of a four-two-four. 2 4 but Matoma I think has been brilliant you know and actually I looked at it I looked at Grealish Matoma and Grealish have very similar stats but obviously Matoma's right. playing for Brighton yeah. you know one's yeah. playing for Man City and it says you know he's, he's a newcomer to the league and he's just been sensational so I, I just decided to stick him in there Rashford is obviously another obvious shout
3: yeah, I, I, he was definitely one I was thinking of getting in. Um, gone with Rod, Rodri Gundogan and Odegaard, which obviously means leaving out De Bruyne, who I think was kind of slow to get going this season. He had the World Cup as well, and he's now finishing the season in excellent form. Um, up front, this is a little bit tricky, so I've gone with Saka and Rashford. Um and I've left Salah out, even though I think Salah has been a um, even he's he's actually had a very good season on stats. Um, and I think he's struggled with his strike partners compared to other seasons. He's gotten more assists, but he hasn't looked like Liverpool have ch- chopped and changed up front. I don't think that's helped. And he, like a bit like you see, he should probably be in the team. But I've gone with Saka a fantastic footballer. I think Rashford, um, just the story behind, you know, his return to form, and then finally, obviously, I I've gone with Evan Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> just, he's just better outside the box? No, I've obviously gone with... Uh, how do you spell his name? Um, I Halland. mean, by any metric, the standards, like I sent Johnny. Cli- goals. Oh, I sent Spanish Johnny Clips the other
0: night of Haaland outside the box. Ha- how, how was I blindsided after 51 <laughs> minutes of the show this week by that punchline?
3: 30, 36 goals. Um, yeah, Dan, like I was... I was I the other night? I wasn't actually even watching the game and I was getting... Haaland v Ferguson updates and Ferguson hadn't even started and then it was like he felt this need with balance. Oh well Ferguson actually did two good things outside. He actually he actually
2: oh, had great t- <laughs> two great touches in injury time to in fairness to him but um, uh, Haaland did have one pretty good uh,
3: And they yeah um yeah so that's it. they're good teams very attacking to be fair. Yeah. Very attacking. Who's the, who's the manager then actually? Oh Guardiola.
2: Well no I think We are all the respective managers I yeah, think that, yeah, That's, that's yeah, the point yeah, yeah. of the team <laughs> <Yeah>. Just imagine <laughs> yeah. your team
3: Johnny. Is Guardiola uh,
2: On Premier League I'm not so sure Well he could do the Zerbi But then he has to, You have to play four two four. You have to play A completely different I think system.
3: Arteta's Done better with what he has Than Guardiola maybe um, But Yeah It's got to be Guardiola I suppose
0: not, good not, fun. not much, uh, no, it is, it is good fun. And I'm, I mean, has anybody picked a Manchester United player? Yeah, Rashford Rashford, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, I what think Catamaros had a good what season. What do you think
0: of our selections, David?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you got, I mean, I'm a huge, um, I'm a huge Mo Salah fan and I'm a huge Harry Kane fan. And I can't believe that I think all of you have left either one of them out, right? Yeah, I think, right, yeah, I mean. I think Harry Kane is probably the most complete player. The most complete player in the league. He's playing for Spartan. Spurs,
3: though. Like, you can't put anyone from Spurs in with But well, you well, the opposite
0: that he actually yeah. scored all those No, games.
3: I, I agree with David. I'm just kind of taking the. Yeah, he's 28 goals. I mean,
1: really. Did John? Did you leave him out, John? I mean, that's scandalous. I did. Well, I mean, I don't. He's to He's I don't, hurting. I don't,
0: I don't be of bias, and I don't want, I want to give Daniel Levy any credit either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I mean, him and Mo, uh, uh, yeah, they definitely get in my team. But I mean, it's, it's been a good season. The manager's an interesting one because I think there've they've, they've been some, I think, some great managerial appointments. You know, look at Emery. Um Lopetegui's done well, but I know we're talking, say, at different ends of the table, but but you know Zerbi's done well i mean um, Eddie
3: Howe like
1: Eddie Eddie Howe's done great you know so i think some of the some of the coaches have have really covered themselves in a lot of glory this evening you know, i i think the standard has gone through the roof i think for the the coaches that have come in and and done you know i think they've done really really well
0: uh, Dortmund still behind 2-0 64 minutes into the game against Mainz at home they're about to blow the Bundesliga and we have Munich 1-0 up away to Cologne that's what's going on there. Um, in the women's premier division, we're now uh, full time. P. United, added a big win 1 0 away to Shelburne. Atalka Park, Dealer Waves and Bows kick off at four at UCD Bowl. In the Scotland, uh, Celtic 5, Aberdeen 0, Hearts 1, Hibs 1 and St. Mira 0, Rangers 3, all results from earlier. And the Women's Super League, Chelsea set for the title, 2-0 up away to Reading. Arsenal 0, Villa 2, Brighton 0, Leicester 0, goalless as well between Liverpool and Man United. Man City lead Everton 1-0, it's West Ham 2, Spurs
3: 2. Paddington has won the Guineas, you just mentioned that? I uh, did not mention that, what mm, price? 3-1, yeah, so Paddington, Aiden, uh, uh, wins it with a horse that didn't even go to Newmarket. Yeah. There you go. There you go.
0: Cork 1-8, seven points at Park Shelton half time in the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship round one. And we'll give you the qualifying result from the Monaco Grand Prix as soon as we get it. As Dan O'Donnell of the Irish Independent, Johnny Ward and Studio as well, and David Connolly on the line for football Saturday. Love to hear from you. 53106. We're back after the news. And you're welcome back, listeners to Off the Ball Saturday on Talk. John Duggan with you through to five on Football Saturday. Remember, football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Leicester. Take on West Ham as they fight relegation on Super Sunday Live, only on Sky Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball. Listen across the country on this beautiful day on your radio and news talk. Also, watch us if you'd like on the Off the Ball digital and social channels. We're joined in studio by Dan MacDonald of the Irish Independent and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward. And on the line by the former Republic of Ireland striker David Connolly. Dortmund have pulled a goal back as they bid to win the Bundesliga. They're 2-1 down now to mine. Seventy-two minutes in, they need to win because Munich are winning away to Cologne.
2: Yeah, they've just uh, missed a good chance there as well. So it does look like they've uh, got a bit of belief from um, from scoring. Um, sort of, it could be it could be a Man City QPR style thing yeah. if they if they pull it back. And, I and QPR are quite relegated, but um, you know they are coming from behind. So um, we shall see what they've got. They've got eighteen minutes in injury time to do it. City had, um they were 2-1 down at this point, I think, weren't they? So
3: They were. Never forget the day. Mention as well, obviously, you were slagging me earlier on the season because um, it was on about uh, young Luke McNally who was ex-pats in Drahada. Um, he was on loan at Drahada, wasn't he? And went to Burnley, went on loan again to Coventry. And I think, did Coventry lose their first seven games or something?
2: When it Well, it was, certainly it, with Luke McNally, when Luke McNally went there anyway, the record was was poor. He's definitely um, had a good time of it.
3: And uh, I was actually texting his dad during the week and he said, like, the buzz they're getting off it is incredible. And... If they do get promoted, I don't know what, I don't know where. Like Luke will be contracted playing. Club. He's in the team. Yeah, he plays right of a three uh, for Mark Robbins, obviously, who a lot of the more senior members of the uh, listenership will know. And uh, he, um, he'll obviously be. So if Coventry go up, he'll be. He'll have spent the season alone with the team who will be in the Premier League next season, and he's contracted to a team which is in the Premier League next season. If uh, with Burnley, um, so it's a, it's a really endearingly quirky tie between Coventry and Luton um, you know I think real old school fans remember both in the in the first division and yes, the um, 80s yeah. I actually don't remember Luton um, I, I, I don't really remember Luton I remember kind of was it Lou Kitchen goal was, who was their goalkeeper back
0: in the day Les Sealy Les Seely
3: maybe I vaguely remember Luton but I don't remember them obviously um, in the top flight and that little ground Kenilworth Road would be just so cool but um, hopefully for Luke Coventry do it because it's been a phenomenal season and Shawnee Maguire who was on during the week obviously has been uh, there as well
2: mentioned Les Sealy I don't know if you read that incredible piece during the week in the Times um, Matt Dickinson wrote it but it's it's inspired by a book that Les Sealy's son has written about Les Sealy's life so Les Sealy obviously passed away tragedy I think he was what 43 when he passed away um the goalkeeper for Manchester United in nineteen ninety. You talk about Mark Robbins, but Les Seely came in and played when Jim yeah, Layton Jim was dropped. Got dropped after the first game. So I think his son went back and wanted to obviously was always curious about doing more about his dad's you know, his dad's career or whatever. Um and he was down I think watching a game at Manchester United one day and he was told by a coach there that Les Seely had effectively recorded a lot of his memoirs on tapes. On old cassettes. Wow. And um, this coach found the tapes and uh, Les Sigridi's son, with the help of a journalist, um, listened back to them. In fact, I'm not even sure the son was able to listen to them, but the journalist has done it and they've managed to do it to sort of put together a, a book. You know, of, with his memories, including his memories of the final in nineteen ninety, and um, a lot of other stories, because he had a very colourful life, a very colourful um, character, Les Cady. But uh, yeah, people could seek out that piece; it's incredible. Yeah, just, just as you mentioned him completely randomly, yeah. No, there's it's, a it's, there's a book coming out around
1: Les Cady's career,
0: and he also played for Coventry, played for uh, Coventry and Luton. Ah, uh, there we go. So there you go. The big game, isn't it, David? Big game for both yeah. clubs.
1: Yeah, big game. I mean, probably the final that um, I don't think anyone expected. But, um, you know, they're there. And Luton are, um, geez, they're tough to play against. They are really high energy. You know, they've got pace all over the park. Their front two are a nightmare to deal with. I mean, they are huge. They're quick. They're good with their feet. Um, They're great in the air. So, you know, they're going to be tough to stop because, I guess if you're you're comparing, it's like beauty against the beast because Mark Robbins, as we all know at Coventry, loves to play, you know, the beautiful game, so to speak. Um, Rob Edwards at Luton, no. They play for territory. They hit the channels. um, They play to the front two and play off that. They get long throws. They put balls in the box. And, you know, they are a completely different type of team. And, um, you know, but... Tough one to call, Um, I guess, you know, difficult. I I hope Mark Robbins does it at Coventry, but it it wouldn't surprise me if Luton came out on top because they've had a great season and they are a good team and they play how they play very, very well.
0: Coventry won the FA Cup in 1987, Luton Mm. won the League Cup in 1988. Remember, Remember those games well. R- Brian Steen and yeah, McCarford Ashley Grimes played for Luton in that game Ashley yeah, Grimes.
3: That Pat, Patrick McCann who's a racing poster and a big Coventry fan I've been over games with him I have loads of relations in Coventry he would have been at the cup final in 87 and kind of like I suppose you, you come in and out of love with the team when they left Highfield Road and they got went into the Rico Arena which are sorry the what's the name of the stadium they're in the the Wasp Stadium whatever it's called the Rico Arena I think um, and it's like it's one of these modern stadia and you know it is what it is but it's amazing to think that there. Are, I saw them in during Shelton they were in League 2 actually I remember um, and now yeah it's an amazing rally Five I,
1: I, and the time the, the tables are turned right because have basically gone they are yeah, just, yeah. I, um, I read
3: I, recently David that um, English premiership rugby teams are losing on average 4 yeah. million a year and yeah, it's obviously they're gone London Irish being the, the obvious one for us I suppose
1: yeah, exactly, and and obviously they they got in and were sharing with Brentford, weren't they? And mm. they you know, shared a pitch. But I mean, can you imagine? I, I went to work on Coventry, and this is no word of a lie, right? No word of a lie. They were playing at St Andrews, and I drove to Coventry. I drove to the Rico, <laughs> and I was like, I got there, and I was like, oh god, they don't play here anymore. What am I doing? That is so
3: like something I would do. Like honestly, uh, I think we'd get know, on very well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I Johnny Connolly. I mean, yeah, it's. Um, what what they were doing what happened to them was just a, and and as you say they didn't you know they they weren't playing at home they didn't win any of the first ten or whatever they've only spent i think 17 days in the top 6 oh. 7 I think it's 17 mm. i could be wrong and and like blackburn had spent 162 and and coventry've
3: got in there at the death and um just a team like yeah. that david like how see it's almost like um they didn't plan for it. So if Coventry do end up like getting to the Premier League, where do they go from there?
1: Uh, do you know what, um, Johnny, who cares? Who cares? Where they go yeah. is, I guess they will take the money, you know, and 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 have a safe future. Okay. Know? And and they'll give it a go, but they will, you know, I think that they'll worry about that another time, you know. Um, yeah, the, the shame will be that they'll probably, Jocares will probably go you know, Hamer might go and then Mark's got to rebuild again. But, you know, you, you, you know, nonetheless, they've, to reach the final has been an incredible achievement, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's probably the same for club. If anyone's listened to this after yeah. it's yeah. over or whatever, like whoever goes up, it's bonus territory for them. And the thing is, I mean, yeah. talk about like clubs losing money in the English Premiership. I mean, the, the reality is most of the clubs in the Championship and League One are losing money as well. But it's all about trying to get at the Premier League money. And then all of a sudden you get into that Premier League territory and you have... Payments that are on another level, and that's mm-hmm. that's the dream that everyone's chasing. But when you've you've two teams who who haven't thrown everything at it to get there, right? Um, it's an incredible story. See, speaking
0: of the Premiership Rugby, it's kind of reached a, uh, a a certain place. Just stop! oil protesters have invaded the pitch and thrown powder onto the playing surface at Twickenham in the Premiership Ooh. Rugby final. Cologne have equalised against Munich. Dortmund are back on top. This oh, We've
2: we put the wrong game on here. I'm to blame for this. I told us put on Dortmund in the studio. And their
0: Dortmund fans celebrating even though they're 2-1 down to Mainz 80 minutes in. This is like, this is like 2001 all over again when Schalke were denied by Munich. Yeah. it's it's very much Aguero isn't it as you said um, well,
2: yeah sort of in a different yeah, different different version I of it done. some uh, nice yeah. messages
0: in here 5 3 uh, and some ones not so nice oh. uh, uh, Harry Kane two World Cup semis one Euro final one Champions League final comment denominator did nothing in any of them says uh, Michael uh, Michael that's very blasphemous and unfair uh, Hamilton Academical were unlucky to be relegated in the playoff territory during the week heart goes out to Daniel O'Reilly ex-Shell's Drahada yeah. and least a young player who stood up there to take the sixth penalty in relegation in the Scottish Championship Division 2 saves his John Kenny at Eden Derry. Mm.
2: Yeah, Daniel O'Reilly, yeah, it's sort of low key under the radar. But um yeah, we've got to move to Hamilton in the last year or so, yeah.
0: All right, lads, do you think players like Macy Melia are better off going to Spain or Italy rather than England? I went to Stoke when I was younger. I always regret not chancing somewhere on the continent, ended up coming back and picking up the pieces, but made a life of it nonetheless. Anyway, will you wish my daughter a happy christening from Aaron and Bray? Well, I hope you're having a great day, Aaron.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Mace Amelia, well, I mean, I mentioned it in the piece with Clive Clark and just the vibe is I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the pl- like he can go to England later. Sorry, go- sorry, not England. He can go to Europe, uh, like next year when he's 16. Um, but I get the sense maybe it's not. 100% guaranteed they'll go that route that they could wait for England but it'll work for some people some it won't work for others like Kevin Zeffi the whole family moved over um, to, to Milan say um, and we've seen other players go and do it and as we mentioned Matthew Murr is going to Hoffenheim who's playing in that competition um, but some some other people would look at it and go yeah you know language various things what's another what's, as Johnny Logan would say what's another year or what's another two years and then you just go at 18 yeah
0: uh, sorry, John, but that's the truth. Michael's been back in touch about Harry Kane. Oh,
3: <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. He's not, he's not backing down. Yeah, it'll, uh, be, it'll be interesting for me because um, it, it's just such a mad thing that you cannot go to the UK until you're 18. And it's it. You know, we've we've like there are quite a few players who've made the move to um, European teams that aren't in Britain, and it will become more of a thing even. Brexit is, I don't know, like it was... As Damon Albarn said, Brexit is rubbish. I bet no, I bet not a single person who voted for Brexit voted a thinking... Oh, by the way, we won't be able to sign uh, Irish players. When I'd say it's we, unlikely. You know I mean? I'd say it's pretty unlikely. But like, but it's funny. I, actually, I I,
2: I know that there's the, 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 some chat that some of the clubs in England now are actually thinking. Um, yes, on one hand, they they don't get the access to like the you know the Fabregas at 16 or whoever it might be. But actually, it's, it is given more English kids opportunities at that age, and they're seeing some some positives from it as well too.
0: The live table is unbelievable in the Bundesliga. So, Dortmund to 70 points, Munich on 69, with Dortmund 2-1 down at home to Mainz, seventy four minutes on the watch, and Cologne have equalised against Munich, 1-1 in Cologne. Uh, got a nice message here, David Connolly, from one of our uh, YouTube commenters. Aaron, love the show, currently serving in Syria, but feel close to home with OTB. Big awfully United and Bose fans, everything relatively rosy at the moment. PS, my old lad played Gaelic with David's dad, Tom in London. Heard some great stories oh. about him. Ah,
1: That's nice, yeah
0: uh so uh your dad was a herder wasn't he in um
1: well i did yeah he did both
0: yeah he did both oh, um I, it's funny,
1: I nearly took a i nearly sent you a, a tweet yesterday john right because i was uh, i went to see a dentist right yeah in in north london and um i was staring at the block paving because when my dad came over from ireland but whenever in the 60s by the 80s he was a builder right and and so like all the lads over here, you know, making his way as a builder. So he did this drive, right? He, he block paved this drive and everything. And, but I'm out there. I'm at the same drive. This was yesterday. I'm at the same drive. I nearly took a photo because behind the door is a dentist, right? My dad did this drive and, and the chap was a dentist. That dentist turns out to be or turned out to be and still is the Tottenham Hotspur dentist. But <laughs> so, like the last – thirty years uh you know I've been yeah you know, I, I get all the ins and outs of Tottenham via the club dentist. Brilliant. Brilliant. Like, I mean like the, the drive is still looking good, you know, and Peter, his name is, um, was in was in well, he wasn't in very good form, obviously, but he's also the Saracens dentist, so he's at Twickenham today. Um so things have gone well for Saracens but not but not so well for Tottenham. But it it was just funny because you know you go in there, the whole room is adorned with you know every Tottenham player, loads of loads of pictures, and and ironically, it was it was the week where Mourinho said that he didn't enjoy Tottenham, and actually, you know, Peter told me that out of all the managers, Mourinho is the only one that that kind of gave him any sort of time, mm-hmm. even though he's been there thirty years. He gave him an embossed um, folder with his name on to keep all his notes in, and 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 you uh, you know, little things like that, you know, just shows what. A, a brilliant man manager, Mourinho was in terms of a football club. It might not have worked out well for him at Tottenham, but it was just ironic because that week it is, you know, it came out about Mourinho. I was there visiting the dentist, and yeah, I nearly, I nearly sent you a little photo of yeah. the uh, the block paving.
0: Great story. And your your dad moved over from
3: Galway, where Johnny's from. Yeah, Connolly yeah. is like ten of Henny in Galway. Yeah. And... Yeah, my
1: sister's there now. She's she's just gone over so. So he's over there for a few days in go away. It now. is the
3: best place in the world. But uh, the, the 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 full swing of Ireland becoming a country um, now that is welcoming immigrants um, who want a better life here, um, compared to the days of David's dad, and my father, who went to um, Birmingham, and so many. Like my father would tell me that, like the whole like. The, the whole two villages three villages around literally decimated everyone was gone in the what would that be the 50s uh, yeah 50s and 60s 50s were particularly bleak um, and then it improved but now we've gone full circle where we've gotten we've had all these players with uh, like David who um, you know it's second generation or whatever playing for Ireland been very proud to play for Ireland where um, now it's become uh kids of sons of Nigerians and uh, sons of Albanians and sons of uh, wherever you're having yourself have come over here to uh, try to live a better life uh, we have uh, still
0: Dortmund uh, 2-1 down to Mainz 87 minutes on the watch now are they going to win the Bundesliga they've also missed a penalty and at the moment it is still 1-1 between Cologne and Bayern Yeah, Munich, so. they missed
2: the, they missed a penalty at 1-0 and the Cologne goal level things up with Byron was a penalty. So
0: Cork won 12 Louth one ten in the uh, football championship round one at Park Charlton and Navan. So tight game there. And Max Verstappen is on pole for the Monaco Grand Prix. And our man Westmead get underweight
3: four forty five in the uh, football championship. Um, and Paddington won the Irish. one two for Aiden beat Cairo. Like which two horses that were. I mean, Cairo went to the UAE, Paddington didn't go to the Guineas. He came the same route as Ott actually, JD. He won the Madrid, and then he won, what was it, the Tetrarch. So, um significant win that for Aidan because he's by Sayuni as well who's a sire that he would have um, you know gotten a bit of use of and he could be a nice stallion going forward
0: uh, 5 hundred, six. Croatia 4 million people Wales 3 million both reached a major semi-final and final in recent years why can't Ireland do the same Ireland 17s 19s last 221s have all competed well I don't think it's a fluke but we need to capitalise on this as one of our textures yeah
2: but in Croatia if you look at it um you know, it's a great sporting country as well it's not just that they only have one sport as well that's a, that's a mistake that's made and um, like Croatia are a top class um, like a lot of the players have come through Dynamo Zagreb's academy but also if you look at the income in Croatia a lot of it comes from transfer money as part of the business there um, so they produce talent but they also develop them and sell them for big money Um here, you know, we, we, we do some of that, but it gets a bit messy at a particular point. Um and you know, we, we let people go for next to nothing, but that's because how Ireland is perceived for various reasons.
3: I thought that Damien Duff's comments were really interesting uh, the other day, JD, where he um had a major swipe um as you know, these exit clauses in contracts, and like I'd have I'd have sympathy for clubs if if you want a player to stay um, and you want to enhance your chance on the pitch.
0: Munich have scored two one away to Cologne. They're back on top of the Bundesliga in the 90th minute.
3: Um, oh dear! There we go. This so like basically. It's like yeah, being back to the start. The As someone
2: said it's like been back to the start of a or, you know lockdown where you're watching Bundesliga games.
0: That's all we had. It.
3: That's all we had. I'm actually thinking of that today, but. Yeah, Damien Duff is like, we need to start commanding good money for these players and stop putting in these exit clauses that they can leave for next to nothing. Um, because like I know Evan Ferguson is a complete outlier, but the money bows are going to make from that is astronomical in League of Ireland terms. We'll, put, we'll make the bazuna money look like your appetizer. Jamal
0: think, Musiala with the goal for Bayern Munich. They're going to win it for the 11th season in a row, it seems. But like Dortmund had it in their hands and they're two and down to Mainz. What a disaster for them.
2: Oh, God. Uh, looking at the scenes I mean mines are mid-table it's just
0: literally the exact same thing happened 22 years ago when yeah. Schalke had it in their hands and Munich scored at the death to get a draw yeah. and they won the title
2: I think the point about Munich as well is people thought yeah it'd be great if they didn't win it because just the messing around they've done this season and you know getting rid of Nagelsman when they did and even though he wasn't everyone's cup of tea and then Tuchel come in and it hadn't really been working um, and yet you still fall you still over a line and win the title
0: yeah David Connolly, who's going down then? Southampton are already down from the Premier League. Who else are going down of the three? Everton, Leicester, Leeds?
1: Um, I think Leicester and Leeds, to be honest. Yeah. I think Leicester and Leeds. I mean, I uh, I, I just don't know if I can see... Yeah, you know, I think, look, West Ham have got bigger things to, to, to worry about, but the, the final's not for, what, another 10, 12 more days, I think it is. Um, so they've... You know they can afford to play a strong team, right? Against Leicester, they can afford to play a strong team. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I think I think Leicester leads. I think Everton are are, are just about going to survive at home to Bournemouth. Who I don't think they've won of they since they since they got, since they became safe. Bournemouth. So, yeah, I think unfortunately Leicester leads.
0: It is amazing. Like do they deserve to go down. Leicester leads. Like. Leicester uh, player seems to have checked out a bit this season, and leads too many shopping, too many managers changing and chopping.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, look, Brighton are getting a lot of plaudits. I mean, Leicester were the Brighton of four or five years ago, you know, and um, uh, probably Rodgers made a load of mistakes. Probably being too loyal to his goalkeeper, one of them, I think he he promised once Kashper Schmeichel left that um Danny Wood would be the, the number one but that was a huge mistake and I think not just one error but you know that was a a big error I think and I've been in dressing rooms where you might have a goalkeeper like that who has been waiting for his for his chance I played with one and when he got the chance he he wasn't a number one and he let you know he actually left football because he was like I'm just not cut out for being the number one and I'm not you know I don't want talk ill of Danny Ward but I just don't think he was the right goalkeeper for them to follow on from Cashfish Michael and and Brendan stuck with him way too long way too long um, and I think that was a, a costly mistake uh, amongst a few others yeah
3: the, when you think of the last day dramas and like the, it's, it's quite significant tomorrow the three teams are sort of playing teams that have nothing to play for and like I've had a couple of bets lately um, in markets thinking like the market is completely exaggerating the fact that one team doesn't have something to play for they've all lost like including Barca during the week who were playing a team that had like barely won a game all season lost 3-1 all these teams like when, and that's going to add to the drama tomorrow yeah, but
2: then you have Mines yeah um, and
3: then you have, you have the, but Like I was just thinking of the Man United Liverpool when Liverpool played Blackburn and Man United were West Ham yeah. and I was a kid that time and Glasgow Ludic and Glasgow, and like Man United would beat West Ham like literally any day of the week. But th- you had this bizarre situation where like I, as a Liverpool fan, I absolutely wanted, I really, really, really wanted Man United not to win the league. But that meant Liverpool not beating Blackburn, and there was this bizarre like atmosphere in Anfield where Liverpool, I think, came from behind to win two one. Um, and the the fans were sort of celebrating sort of not um, because the, the rivalry between Liverpool and Man United at that time was really really intense like really intense and then you had McClosco and and Man United just blew it like they what was it a one all draw yeah, just couldn't at score Park. And of Upton Upton Park. Andy Cole missing Andy chances. Cole yeah, yeah. And that was uh, I, th- that drama was I, sad to say I watched it in a, in one of the local pubs obviously I wasn't, wasn't uh, you were on the pub because I, I was a, a the young, I was a young guy that's where we go wow 2-2 oh it's offside
2: no. oh. I say Dortmund have had a like, they just completely collapsed mentally here like they they won a corner a minute ago and no one went over to take it and one of the players was like who's taking this corner you know and there's like two minutes to go they're just completely um, they're shook but they're just banging the ball into the box and trying to get stuff off second balls and, and crosses they're just like they that's what the, the time we've had the game on that's pretty much what they've been doing but um, yeah all over the shop
0: Lorkey on YouTube can we get a shout out uh, for one of Ireland's best boxers fighting for a world title tonight let's go Mick Cullen and yeah he fights uh, Luis Alberto Lopez in Belfast for the IBF World featherweight belt so best luck to mine
2: well yeah there's probably reasons he doesn't get coverage but
0: yeah yeah uh, okay uh, so that's what's going on in terms of uh, the soccer Coventry-Luton 445 O'Embley Celtic 5 Aberdeen 0 uh, Hearts 1 Hibernian 1 St. Mirren nil, Rangers 3 and the women's Premier Division: Shelburne nil, P.Mount United one, and D.L.R. Waves nil, Bohemians nil. And the women's Super League: Chelsea are champions, three nil win over Reading. Uh, other results: West Ham two, Spurs two, Arsenal nil, Villa two, Brighton nil, Leicester one, Liverpool nil, Man United one, and Manchester City three, Everton two. And Cork are now behind against Lao. 1-14, Cork 1-13, in the Football Championship round one in Navan. And Max Verstappen on pole for the Grand Prix in Monaco. We're back after this. And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with through to Five. Our football coverage is in association with Sky. Don't miss the final round of the Premier League on Super Sunday live only on Sky Sports. Are you a Bayern Munich fan? Well, you'd be happy because you've won the Bundesliga, 11th year in a row, a 2-1 win at Cologne and Dortmund blew it. They, if they beat Mainz today, they would have been champions, but they were uh, held to a 2-2 draw, so... A disaster for Dortmund, to be honest. At
3: yeah,
2: home. Um. yeah. I they, did. They, they so they, they they scored it two all, and then in fairness, mines from the kickoff did do a QPR. They just belted the ball away for no reason. Remember before the Aguero goal, there was a tip off after Jacko scored, and QPR just booted the ball to oblivion for no apparent reason. Gave the ball back. That did happen, but they only had thirty seconds, so they got one or two chances to launch the ball, but they were just launching it a lot. And that
0: was it. Uh, so Bayern Munich have done it again, boringly, um, but well done to them. So we have just this issue around the GA um, clubs. There I spoke to Larry McCarthy briefly about this, uh, the president, uh, during the week at the um, Pittsburgh Steelers launch uh, of their partnership with Ireland, because uh, there's going to be an NFL game here at Croke Park in the next few years. And like there's kind of a, a drive drive a reminder almost to underage level to that like, we don't want competitions for under twelves or from twelve and, and down. what is the kind of the feeling around soccer because obviously soccer in, in teenagers is quite competitive and you know the the kind of balance between competitiveness and also kids enjoying the games not feeling left out
2: yeah well no I think at, at various ages like they're they're reluctant about um you know league tables or or a competitive element I mean I think different leagues of different. Approaches. I suppose the, the big change this year in the Under 14 League of Ireland, which is the, um, you know, the the, the, the national underage leagues are the highest standard now in the country. And this year, they're and um, they're not doing league tables at that level. They've decided to make that decision now. Part of the problem with the the league at that level, well, the national underage leagues are getting a lot of love, I suppose, with teams doing well. There's still a lot of flaws with them. Um, some teams under 14 level are, are, I mean, David referenced earlier that Shamrock Rovers team who are meant to be exceptionally good. Um, but but you would see then other teams who aren't that well prepared getting hammered, you know, 8-0 or 9-0 or 10-0 because for some of the regional teams, that's the first year they've spent together and like teams like Rovers in some cases are together, you know, quite some time. And I think naturally there's that element of well, what we're gaining from this you know uh you know posting on social media about uh you know a nine or ten nil win at that level when i mean in all sports like you know participation rates dropout rates and we're talking about probably that word that people don't like Like we're talking about elite level here but obviously you go further down um i shouldn't even use those terms but you know if you're you have a, a team who are struggling you know, to get numbers together and they're getting hammered every week and and you know, they're being reminded of their results every week um i I don't have any particular issue with it I know some people are very um strident about the view that you know with a competition at that level is no harm, it served them well but generally you know you you will find that people are talking about that or people have gone on to succeed you know and it's probably the the greater majority are, are people who maybe dropped away now, I think people are always naturally competitive and will, will probably know the scores in their own head but the the, the formalization of it. I don't have a big issue. Yeah. I, I suppose we're
3: talking about an amateur sport as well versus a yeah. future professional sport. Do you remember unbelievable sketch where it's like, you know, he's this ma- like real old school manager who's like basically like st- every, every expletive under the sun to the players like go out there you better have blood in your jersey and all this and he goes and then he goes at the end you'll know all about it next year when you're under 14 like and that was the gag was like that that was actually true like that was when I was a kid that was how under-12s football was. It was like, Gaelic football was absolutely mad. Like, the parents, the coaches, the managers, it was so intense, like, and they lived and breathed it, like, and uh, it it was absolutely mad when you think about it, and it makes perfect sense what they're doing. Um, Dan's point about football is, 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 I mean, do you remember, like, as a young player when you you thought you were good and you were absolutely, there's one day you play and you just get battered, and you're never really the same again? So it's not good for a player's value. I didn't even get on the pitch, to be honest that wasn't great either, actually. Yeah, that
2: sure. that's part of the problem. You should
3: be getting equal yeah. time. So that's thought, the other thing, yeah, because like, and managers should ensure that everyone is getting a game as well. Like, so don't leave kids out. And bear in mind, like, they're young and they're they're starting off younger and younger and younger now. And at that stage, it's it's all about. I remember reading an article years ago when, um, I can't remember who wrote it, but he was absolutely like ripping apart this guy who who spoke about managing the under fourteen team, and they all knew their job. And it's like you know they all know what their job is, and I do this and I do that. And he's like, "What are you doing here? You're supposed to be developing their skills." And you look at the Irish footballers that came through. Um, you know how well were they coached? Like how well were they coached? Were they doing all the skills at from a very early age? And again, to quote Stephen Bradley, I think he 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 believes that you can't get kids playing and developing skills early enough. Really, like he he says, like under nines is too late. Um, so. It's not about winning at all at that level. It's about developing the skills that will stand you um, down the line, yeah. I think.
2: There were different views contained within that, though. About, like, some people would say it gets too competitive too early here in football. Some people say it doesn't get competitive early mm. enough. So like, there's two different sides. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this thing around a couple of weeks ago. It was an ad for an under-five team. What? Uh, yeah, looking for a goalkeeper ah, who could play on. out from the back. You know, this was a now, I mean, I'm this thinking, is a joke. I, no, I don't. I don't believe that it was. I'm, I'll try and find it if I can. Um, but it was like uh, someone looking for a player for a team. You know, it, I was definitely an, on a very young level, but you know, must be good with all feet. That. A goalkeeper, something at wrong, five.
0: Something wrong about that five three one zero six. You should never want to win more than the players themselves at any level. Coach the team to want to win, developing to win, not winning to develop. Is one of our textures, David Connolly. How competitive it is for your young lad?
1: Um. I mean, geez, how long we got? I mean, yeah, this about is... This about is, five um, minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a topic that you could debate for, for a long, long time. Um, you know, so my lad now in academy football, they don't have league tables, right? They don't publish the results, but you know the results after a game, you know, uh, at 12 years of age. Um, I don't think they've won a game this season. I don't think they've won a game. Uh, now they play Arsenal, they play Tottenham, they play Brighton, they play Chelsea. They play, you know, but, but myriad um, of teams. I couldn't tell you how many games they've won. Very, very few. Very few. Um, does he come home crying? Is it no? I think they just just get on with it when they're kids. However, <coughs> kind of the 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 team that he left, they are under twelve grassroots and. They do publish tables and, you know, they missed out on promotion this season. They lost the last few games and those kids were crying. And, you know, um, the pressure of going to go and win and and win their last two games to get promoted, it backfired. But look, I kind of see both sides of this, right? In Holland, now Feyenoord, say, for example, they play from under 11 uh, national national nationally against all the other uh, academies and they have tables you know they have tables and they're published and they have title winners from under 11 you know like the under 15s at final just won the league today you know that's published it's on it's online you can you can see it on Twitter um but by the same token you know I used to run a grassroots team and I I took players who you know at eight years of age other teams didn't want I mean, eight years of age. You know, grassroots. This is like absolutely incredible. Telling a kid that's eight that he, he's, you know, they they don't want him. Um, so, where do I sit in all that? I'm I'm not too I'm not too sure because um, I think you can still be competitive without necessarily worrying too much about um, a league a league table. Saying that you know, you have to kind of try and keep score somehow because, you know, uh, but uh, ultimately, look, if you're in academy, right, and there's, there's 15 boys in the 11-a-side team, some of those boys, it's like 0.01%, you're talking about being competitive, will, we'll. Uh, 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 a lot of them are making up the number. There might be one player in that team at under 12, one player that might go on and maybe become a professional player, one, one player. So, all the others, you know, can be there to fulfil the needs of the team. Um, you know, does it make it right to publish tables? Have league? I, I don't know. I'm, cut am cut for sure. I'm not sure. I'm big, not sure. The,
3: the big yeah. challenge for the League of Ireland is to get teams playing other teams of a similar ability. I don't know what the exact answer to that is. And they've... They've made adjustments, but it is definitely a concern. Like for and you know you have small clubs taking on big clubs. They are going to tear the underage systems, but I think that's that's a massive thing because players can just end up probably going out of the game if you're getting kind of hockeyed at under fourteen. Um, I, I I think it's very feasible you lose interest. That's not good for anyone. It's not no. developing you as a player either.
2: No, I think well they're trying to do a couple of things as well to change things here about letting players move up and down age groups mm. as well. You know, like you know sometimes the system is very. Hard and fast here, like you know, and you see a lot of players born in January, February. You know, the relative age effect. I was you know, born in November, Dan. I yeah, always blame that. That on, was it, uh, was that it was you that, were that. August, were you? Yeah, August, yeah. We were, we were both were you although the, the age, the, the, October, the thresholds yeah. actually changed uh, when we were younger, so we really got screwed over at that stage. But um, were, you no, not
3: a, were you not August in underage football, yeah? Though?
2: But they changed that at a particular point, you would have seen that a lot of teams were. Lads born later in the year were stronger, just but now mm. it's we're our calendar year now, mm. and that's why you see lots of like our top players are born. It's why Evan Ferguson is like freakishly good as well because he's October, you mm. know, Mason Milius November, mm. like, and that's you know, generally a lot of the better kids in, in generations are January, February because they're. Just bigger, stronger in some cases Often but, some of them but, planned as well But, um. but that, they've, That's no word of a lie But they've tried like to tried like bio banding. I, I think they've called it And try to be a little bit more creative So you don't have teams that are just dominated And like you will have a, a talented player Who's just too young You know he's not big of it. That's a slightly different debate To what we're talking about here to be fair But it's just another strand of trying to make And I suppose the games programme at that stage A little bit more all inclusive Rather than just the strongest will survive
0: uh, Cork are about to win, it seems one nineteen to one seventeen up against Loud in round uh, one of the uh, All Ireland round. Robin and Senior football, great looking Wembley at the moment for Coventry against Luton. I tell you this, uh, uh, folks, that Wembley stadium is one of the best stadiums in the world. Like, you know, if it doesn't doesn't TV doesn't do it justice, I have to say. The new yeah, yeah.
2: Boy, Luke McNally is there. I mean, like Luke McNally is. A, I know I slag Johnny Buchanan on a bit. You just slag Johnny anyway. But like he's an inc- he's an incredible story. Like he, he he again at underage level here was not. On anyone's radar, like this is the point at like 14, 15, 16. No one was talking about him at all. Um, and he had to go out to like the first division here to get some senior football at 18. Like, that's way later than a lot of talking about kids coming on the radar at like 14, 15 now. Like, I mean, he is a really impressive story that he's got to He's now playing on Wembley today in front of whatever 80,000 people to get to the Premier League. Like, fair play to him. It's, um, it's one of the really it's a poster boy success story for. The, later, the like the talented kids who aren't who aren't in Hungary at the moment. Got like They're a, good players but they're not oh yeah. they're not on the, the international radar at this stage. Don't. But a lot of the ones, as I said, like a lot of our Irish lads tend to blossom a little bit. Later. Can you
3: can you imagine some of the under seventeen players who are not getting on that team? They're exceptional footballers. But like I have to give Tim Clancy some kudos. He's been calling this McNally thing a long way out. I remember him saying to me one day Rodder were playing Shamrock Rovers in I it was a cup game and he said there was a foot race between Aaron Green who would have been probably 30-31 at the time but, but Aaron Green is quick and he said McNally roasted him and he said, like, you don't see that from the centre-back. He said he's unbelievably... Then at the end of either that season or the next season, they threw him up front in games at the end of the season. He was banging in goals. And Tim, um, who's out of work at the moment, is at the game today, I think. Um, he called yes. it spot-on on, on Luke McNally. I hate foot race, by the way. Uh, Cork 119, Laz 117. <laughs> Getting to
0: know a lot of, yeah, yeah, lot of J.D. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Cork have won by two points. Uh, like We're going to use... Um, it's actually interesting. Danny Allen on YouTube, Meath has become a serious area for new soccer talents. Luke Mcnally from Enfield, mm. Jamie McGrath Math Boyd. Daryl Lennon from Dunboyne, Evan Ferguson, Betty's Ten, all from four corners of Meath. Yeah, up the Royals. Yeah, mm. yeah.
2: well, Meath until recently had didn't have a senior international at all, um, and I know like there is the, uh, the you know the 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 Dubs who move into Meath. You know, when you have to like, sometimes I've spoken to a couple of players whose family live in Meath, but they're very careful to say that they are still. Dubs, you know, and I'm not sure if Dawson DeVoy see Mead or Dublin, but the family are Ashburn and you have all this sort of. Um, Remember, the county I, is a GA concept. Like, the county is like, like.
3: It's very much a GAA concept. That's why it's ingrained in our but, mind. But Evan
2: Ferguson is consistently referred to as a Dubliner in various mm. places, and he's not.
3: He's mm. he's Betty's
2: town. But then do you call him, you know, a Mead man? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure if he's like. A, I'm not sure if he's. A, put
0: on the uh, green jersey at GA matches.
2: Well, you know, I don't think that's his. I wouldn't be I don't think that's his thing, you know. And his dad's a dub, you know, but they they grew up in Betty's town. Yeah, so that, yeah. I don't think he's like a you know, Royal County fan with sort of uh, you know, I don't know, Graham Garrity or Trevor yeah. Giles or I mean he's too old, he's too young anyway. But that's the thing. Um Nathan Collins as well, Kildare. Um we have a couple in Kildare as well who have just spread out of Dublin. What's their identity? That's a completely different topic. Yeah. Um, but the mead the mead stat is definitely gonna be blown out of the water now. Um, by the, the, the me but lands, they, live in, yeah.
3: they live in they're like sons of Dubliners who live in the commuter belt Like so they're not they're not governed by what county they're from it, it's almost irrelevant to them it, like, and like a, obviously a, putting words in their a, mouth Laytown there. is
0: County Meath isn't it? Laytown is Meath
3: but it's really more loud almost Meath has the distinction draw it now is it and Meath
2: they're loud like, you, different people in draw will tell you different things Meath
3: yeah, has you know. the distinction of having four race courses I've never been to Meath and yeah, but, um, we're really running out of uh, jokes sure here. we not? not. What are the four racecours in Mead, Dan? Uh, uh, Bellious Town, Navan, Ferry House, and. Laytown. Laytown. And if you haven't been to Laytown, what is it? Every September. It's, oh, it's such one, of, fun. one of the greatest things in life. You it's can really, do, really, really you Go to the races to on the beach Maybe be Evan often. Ferguson will go. At that stage, he'll be well signed up by Liverpool and. Johnny um, get, and get, it.
2: Get government funding if he went up <laughs> to race there.
3: Yeah, Eono Reardon's tweet during the week was, um, it was quite interesting. He was like, imagine if, um, yeah, um, imagine if he... Anyway, come on, you want
0: to talk about the League of Ireland before we go off air? Well, okay,
3: we've got a giddiness about you. Last night, like, we spoke about the game for different reasons to start the show, but this is basket case stuff. Shamrock Rovers down to eight men against Cork City who've rallied now under Liam Buckley, um, having Colin Healy having left, down to eight men and then the grudge game, which has become less of a grudge game I think, but still a grudge game. Stephen O'Donnell goes to the Pats.
2: Oh, it's still a grudge game.
3: And Dan was at the game and the the last goal that Pats got, I saw a slow-mo of it today. Tommy Lonigan, the pass he played in to Young Carty, it was an amazing goal actually and I, I miss him um, Peter O'Connell who you know from football he's a publisher I met him in Harrods cross earlier he was absolutely buzzing about this goal like buzzing 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 I talked to a few Fats, Pats fans um who love um who just loved the night last night the that noise in the place the roar for the goal and funny enough Dan, like I kind of I remember texting you 3 weeks ago saying is there even a title race now and Rovers have now what have they they've dropped they have just dropped down well, They've lost. The they lo- They've
2: lost back to... I mean, to still, cause there's a lot of different talking points. Like, Rovers have lost back-to-back against Drauda and Cork. That's mm. a fact. You know, Drauda and Cork, who could end up in a race for eighth and ninth. And Derry go to play Sligo Rovers tonight. And if they win, they go four points clear. And this is Derry, who a couple of weeks back were dominated by Shamrock Rovers in Derry. So Derry can go four clear. Um, and they have an opportunity now to open up a little bit of gap potentially, or at the very least, have the lead um, going in towards the break um, when Shamrock Rovers have got games in Europe. and They're all in Europe, Rovers and Derry, but Shamrock Rovers have the big games. Those Champions League games are big books, you know, big money. Um and it can be quite distracting as they found last year. So, um, we do probably have a title race, but I wasn't Pat. It was brilliant. Um, the atmosphere was great. Um the bow shells was on the box. It sounds like it was a bad game. And the Duffer Shells the last two weeks haven't been uh haven't been providing great entertainment I think for the T V audience. But um Pats was was very very good and, and all the atmosphere, it was a controversial sending off yeah. there was still fans waiting around for Stephen O'Donnell at 11 o'clock when he eventually let the dog players out the dressing room oh, so geez. the grudge the grudge, oh. the grudge still lingers life's too short for all, all all league, oh, it, was, it was good yeah. nature enough in the all service.
3: League of Ireland uh, fans you know that are confident their team is going to stay up um, they can look forward to going to Galway next season by Luxford as well and that is a massive boon um, because Galway you know can you imagine, imagine how often Galway's. he's going to mention that JD um, it's uh, fair play to, uh, to f- Johnny Johnny Ward bingo Evan Ferguson Go away. Um, fair, fair play to Stephen Walsh, um, who's been with the club from, from like since, since he's about 17. He's now in his early thirties. He's scoring goals yeah. and was thrown up front. Um, delighted for him, and fair play to John Coughlin, Ollie Horgan, and everyone. it's been an amazing season so far.
0: Are Manchester you gonna do the treble, David Connolly, do you think?
3: Um, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I think they will. I mean, you know, I think um out of all their opponents for the for the final, I mean, they might be tricky. Inter, you know, I'm sure they probably will be a tricky opponent. But I mean, I I, I mean, I can't see Inter beating them. And yeah, I think they'll win a the cup final too. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they do do the treble. So you'll probably then ask me where do they rank amongst all yeah, the best? Yeah, well, where do they rank in terms
0: of uh, compar- comparably with
1: them? A... <laughs> well, I don't. I, I, I mean. There's, there's only, I mean, like as a boyhood Liverpool fan, there's like the Liverpool of the 80s that I would, you know, 84 or whatever. You know, there's some teams that I would look at like that. A bit a bit nearer, you might say.
3: Are they Barth. the best football team ever?
1: No, I don't, I no. don't
3: think so. I mean,
1: I, I think it's way too early. Do you think it's too early to say that? Well, like just, not no, I think early. it's too early. They haven't won,
2: won a Champions, won Champions, yeah. Champions
3: League yet. Know, Barcelona, even, they're
2: not Pep's best team.
3: Yes. Yeah, there there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. They have Haaland though. I don't know about that.
0: Once they when they won a couple of Champions Leagues you can make a comparison but yeah. um Barcelona under Pep. Uh, it would were, be some fun if they lost Champions League final. Though.
3: Well, yeah, well it's already
0: it happen, it's an acclamation but it's it would be it I would, mean be yeah. let's
2: be honest. It will be, it no, no, no it. offense to the City fans out there there's not that many them in Ireland really. No it'd be bloody hilarious <laughs> if they wouldn't they how could you not find that Well, I like quite like. what's I mean, wrong I, with you if I, you don't I do find know, that
0: funny? I do know a couple of old Man City fans and quite like the main road pets so I, yeah. I'd be sorry for them I,
2: know. I'd, I mean I'd, I'd I'd express fake sympathy if I
0: met them yeah, yeah. but I can
2: just imagine even the, fake empathy Inter scored in the, the fifth minute and just like City just banged <laughs> the ball around for 85 minutes and didn't score that's what
0: Jose Mourinho did to and wasn't that great outside the box <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and he missed happened.
2: all the chances in the semi-final and they still won how did
0: he not score like Luton should
2: have scored here but a great save but a Coventry
0: David Connolly did the dentist hint at all uh, who the next Spurs manager is going to be no <laughs> um,
1: no he didn't I mean um, but it's not going to be on a slot That's no, it's sure. not no no yeah, no yeah. so I mean um, that went on for a little bit probably not as long as when they uh, they employed uh, you know Santos but um, I guess at what point John you probably know you know at what point did they start thinking well, we need to get a manager in place now because I think certainly by the time they the lads come back to pre-season, you know, you, you, you geez, you want to have someone in. I think I is think the
3: Daniel per- Levy thing, David, like a big a big burden? Do you think for a p- potential manager at this stage because it's just it's so much out there now. Wow,
1: I mean, look, but look, if it, if, it, if just a couple of things that happened to Tottenham, right now, perici is gone, but. Do you remember when they 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 signed Jed Spence? Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, for, well, for twenty million pounds.
0: Yeah,
1: but Conte when they signed Conte, even Conte said, "I didn't want this player. Like, mm. you know, I've got no idea where I'm going to fit this player in." Now, whoever's going to take over, I mean, you know, they they are not going to be told. You, you would imagine if they if you know the right man, say for example, Zerbi, right? Yeah, you're not going to be signing players and 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 telling De Zerbe we're signing him you know you want someone who has got the strength of mind which we all thought Antonio Conte had but he obviously didn't have the power that he wanted there so whoever seeds that power whether it's Daniel Levy there's no director of football now what they do with that part and the manager she's like I don't know but I mean like they've got so much work to do because the longer you leave it what do you do with your targets what do you do with players possibly staying or going I mean they got to get on with it, I think, sooner rather than later. Who that man will be, I don't know. Look, okay. it would be nice if they went and splashed the cash properly and got, I think, you know, the the best coach that that is out there that feasibly they could get. And that is deserving. But it means putting your hand in your pocket and going to pay his clause or release clause or whatever
2: it yeah. may be. Yeah, Brandon Rogers now. You wouldn't need the dentist, though. That would be the issue, in fairness. <laughs> Wait to say that for That, a that, that could be the issue. Yeah, that's,
0: that's, that's a good comedy line. Yeah. Uh, hi, John. I know you're sick of talking and thinking about Spurs at the moment, but as a Spurs fan like yourself, I'm so disillusioned. I don't know where our club's going. I waited so long to get a season ticket. Now I've won. I'm very reluctant to renew it for next season. What is a season ticket, actually? I, I was on a few social media sites last night. couldn't get over the amount of Spurs fans putting their season tickets up for sale next season. The disillusionment and annoyment is finally across the well, board. What's a Spurs season ticket? Leach. It's the richest in, in the Premier League. Like a grand or something? Over or? a grand. My nephew's got one. So so, yeah. Ooh, on that, yeah. On that, uh, look, I, want, I hope everybody's got a great evening because I don't, don't want to finish on a depressing note for anybody. So, it's a beautiful day. I hope you really enjoy the evening. Don't I let it get away, Jay. Under
2: 17 yeah. to 7 o'clock, hopefully. So you,
0: that is it. Uh, David, thanks so much, man. Thanks, guys. Take care. Under 17, as you said, quarterfinal against Spain, 7 o'clock. And Dan and Johnny, thank you. Thank thanks. you, thanks, Eddie for a great conversation on Football Saturday today. We've got to leave it there. Don't forget we're back tomorrow one seven here on Off the Ball News Talk. Joe Maloney in the chair. Final day of the Premier League season we're going to showcase ex- live and exclusive commentary of Everton versus Bournemouth with Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr doing the call as the Toffees bid to stay in the top flight. Also got reports and reaction from all the Championship games involving Uh, all the counties especially Cork and Limerick Dublin and Galway and Dublin and Roscommon we'll also bring the Sunday paper review with Shane Keegan and Keane Tracy be sure to tune in to Joe then tomorrow from 1 if you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with David Connolly Dan McDonald, and Johnny Ward or our Hurling Preview with John Myler Rory Jacob and Michael Verney you can find the podcasts on the off the ball section of the Golad Network or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods thank you so much for listening on your radio across the country here on News Talk today we will speak tomorrow with Joe at 1 bye bye